Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dore. I want to thank you for joining us this week as we dive into a little bit of what happened last week regarding Federal Reserve Chairman Powell and his comments at Jackson Hole. Before we dive in, though, I would just like to remind you that what you're about to hear today should not be considered individual investment advice, but instead just our broad view on where things are going in the market and the economy. So let's go ahead and dive in because this is a big week in terms of what Powell said and what it means for the path forward. And there's an old saying. The old saying is, the more things change, the more they remain the same. And that could not have been on better display this week when Chairman Powell addressed Jackson Hole Summit. You may recall the conversation we had last year about this time about Powell's speech in Jackson Hole in 2022. It was, as we described it last week in these comments, a barn burner, at least as far as economic speeches from dry 70-year-old economists go. But when we reviewed his speech last year, I did a podcast called Pain. And in it, I explained that he laid out the battle ahead as one which could cause some pain, but one which the economy would be, in his mind, strong enough to handle. He laid it out and he said, quote, reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below trend growth and that, quote, there will very likely be some softening of labor market conditions. But the message everyone heard in his remarks last year was when he said this will also bring some pain to households and businesses. It was clear that Jerome Powell was not messing around. He was settling in for a lengthy battle against inflation. When those comments were made, Powell and company had raised rates from 0% to 3.25% in roughly six months. It was a big deal. CPI at the time was sitting at 8.25%, down just a little bit from his peak at 9. So what's happened since those comments? It's been a stunning shift. CPI today is a little over 3%. The high end of the Fed's federal funds rate range is 5.5%. The plan is working. But Powell was not right about everything. His idea that there would be a period of below-trend growth has resulted in a stock market that even after a bad month so far in August is up 8.5% over the last year. And his idea that we would see a softening of the labor markets has not materialized at all. In fact, unemployment's about 20 basis points lower than it was when he gave that speech last year. So when he gave that speech, we interpreted what Powell was saying as this, and I'm going to quote from our memo that we did a year ago. And we said, quote, what he's saying is the economy is strong enough right now to handle the medicine, but if we let it get much sicker, meaning if we let inflation come back, and we must take dramatic action later, it will be much more painful. You can say what you want about Powell, but he was correct about this one. While there is no question that 5.5% Fed funds rates are painful to some, for example, someone trying to buy a new home, the economy has shown incredible resiliency. So what did he say this year? His comments were not a victory lap, but he did highlight the progress we've seen so far while also calling out the issues that remain. There's no question, 2% continues to be their target for inflation, and we are a long way from that. But he broke the battle into three sections, core durable goods, housing, and services. So let's take a look at each of them. Because on durable goods, Powell highlighted the auto industry. 
It's one that he would argue is emblematic of the inflation saga. And, you know, the story really does line up because we had low interest rates during the pandemic and a ton of excess cash. Well, what happens when we have low rates and excess cash? Everybody says, I want a new car. And that drove demand for cars a lot higher. But at the same time, we were having a limited supply of microchips. That actually, not limited, it cratered. The supply of microchips cratered. So when you have higher demand with lower supply, as we all learned if we ever took Econ 101, that means price inflation. But Powell then went on to point out that as the pandemic and its effects have waned, production and inventories have grown and supply has improved. So we have a much better supply today, but because of what we've done on interest rates, we have much higher interest rates. And according to him, customers report feeling that the effect of the higher interest rates has had on affordability. This is shown very clearly when you look at the large drops we've seen in wholesale used car prices. And Mannheim does a really good job of tracking this and showing us what those look like. And if you go back in the Mannheim data 30 years, what you see is a gradual increase in prices tied with gradual increases in inflation over time. But then you see this huge spike coming out of the pandemic. I mean, massive spike. Well, we have started to see that come down. The numbers have come down dramatically from their peak. Using their index numbers, it was a peak of probably 260. It's sitting at about 212 today. They've come down, but they're a long ways away from the trend line pre-pandemic, which would have us closer today to a number of, call it, 165. So there's a long way to go. Powell moved on to talk about services, and he noted that this sector has moved sideways since rate hiking began. And that's largely due to the cost of labor. When you think about services, what are their largest input? Their largest input cost is labor. And so when we have a very tight labor market, it makes it difficult to bring down prices, bring down inflation and services. But the improvements we've seen in the labor economy, and Powell called this out, labor force participation rates rising, payrolls falling over the course of the last year have meant that we are starting to see some improvement in this area, even without the softening of the labor market that Powell was focused on. I would say that services however, continue to remain probably the area most concerning to the Fed. And then there was housing. You have listened to me on this podcast for a long time, gripe and moan about the way housing inflation was being measured and the impacts that was having on overall inflation measurements that we were seeing. And my argument bluntly was that housing prices and housing costs are falling much more rapidly than being reported. And because of that, we are overestimating inflation. Powell seemed to finally admit that housing over the coming year is going to help draw down inflation. I'm going to quote him here. He said, quote, the slowing growth in rents for new leases over roughly the past year can be thought of as, quote, in the pipeline and will affect measured housing services inflation over the coming year. While housing has hurt us in the past, Powell's saying it's actually going to be a benefit, a drag on inflation over the coming months. And it is about time we all admit that and get on that ship. The market loved Powell's comments on Friday. All three major indices were positive for the day. Commentators were calling his speech a Goldilocks speech. Not too hot, not too cold. And I think that was really based off of one of his closing comments. And I want to read it here for you. Quote, real interest rates are now positive and well above mainstream estimates of the neutral policy rate. We see the current stance of policy as restrictive putting downward pressure on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. Let's put that in English. Basically what he's saying are rates are high enough now to bring down inflation if we stick with it. 
That's why, even after his speech, the odds of an interest rate pause in September, instead of them continuing to hike, remained at 80%. Now, he did leave himself some wiggle room to raise rates again if necessary. His closing paragraph stated that they would proceed carefully as we decide whether to tighten further or instead to hold the policy rate consistent. But there was one other sentence that I thought was notable as well. Quote, Getting inflation sustainably back to 2% is expected to require a period of below-trend economic growth as well as some softening in labor market conditions. End quote. Below-trend economic growth, softening in labor market conditions. Does that sound familiar? That sentence was ripped right out of his 2022 Jackson Hole speech, the one that scared everybody to death. Point being doesn't mean the end is near. We had a pretty dang good year since he last spoke. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. We'll leave it there this week. As always, if you have questions or comments or would like to discuss this with us, please give us a call at the office at 515-273-1333 or visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. I hope you have a great week and we look forward to touching base with you again soon. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.